you've been seeking answers from every dermatologist, doctor, and all over the internet wondering what on earth this unbearable skin issue is. You know something's up, and you've been suffering and silenced for far too long. This podcast is going to bring awareness to the brutal reality that is topical steroid addiction and withdrawal syndrome. It will give you practical mental and physical tips to help you along your journey and provide you the strength you need to push through each day. You'll hear from real people battling this illness, as well as experts in the field, and I'm also going to share with you what's happening as I battle and conquer TSW. You are not alone, you're not crazy, and you will heal. If there's one thing I know, it's that anyone going through this hell is a warrior. My name is Jennifer Powers, and I welcome you to TSW Journey to Healing. Okay, we're recording, and I am so excited to introduce Tracy Gibbs, who I've known, had the pleasure of knowing for a couple of years now, having you on the show to spread awareness and give some education for people that are kind of struggling and suffering with all things skin-related, in particular, uh, eczema and TSW, which is what I'm going through right now. And funny enough, actually, Tracy, you saw me... January 1st in Mexico. And that is one year, if not one year, exactly one month that I was in this topical steroid withdrawal. So I was like crazy bad. <laughs> I was flaring up out of control and you and your amazing wife were just like so supportive and so sweet and giving me so much great advice and suggestions. So before we kind of dive into all that, I would love to turn the microphone over to you. And I know that you probably don't love doing this, but I want you to tell a little bit about your background and brag a little bit to everyone so they can know, you know, okay. the backstory. Yeah, I should have sent you my CV or bio or something so you could do that. Um, I'll, just, <laughs> yeah. I'll just keep it brief then, you know, I, so I'm, I'm a pharmacognosist. Uh, People think that means like a pharmacist or something. It's not. It's totally different. You'll have to Google it. It's my backgrounds in ethnobotany and organic chemistry, uh, which led me into product development, you know, looking at the actives in plant extracts, what active phytochemicals are in there, how they can be beneficial for people. Uh, and so I've been formulating uh, OTC drugs, dietary supplements, skincare and hair care products for coming up on 28 years now. Um yeah, products and and uh, formulas that I've developed have sold plus three and a half, four billion dollars uh, throughout um, my career. Um, some name brands that are out there and, and worked with some large companies. Uh, I've been with one particular company though for the last five years now. Uh, I really enjoy it here. Um, but let me think. What else? I guess I'm, that's and it. You, yeah, you formulated. I mean, thousands of products on the market, right? Over a thousand. I don't think thousands. Uh, so I've been numbering my formula and I didn't even number my formulas until 1997. I had only produced maybe 40 or 50 formulas from about 1995 to 1997. After 1997, when I went freelance and, and started a career doing it, I was numbering my formulas with specific numbers so that I could keep track of them. And, and I'm in the 1200s right now. Um, I think the last one I did was like 1248 or something. So yeah, well over a thousand. What would you say has been your biggest accomplishment to date? Um, professionally, I was going to say personally, I've got the most beautiful little five-year-old girl. It's amazing that we made her, you know, Aww, <laughs> I love that. He's such a doll. Um, but professionally, <laughs> professionally, you know, uh, so just last year I was uh, given an award, uh, in the top 100 most influential scientists in the nutraceutical or the health field. So that was, that That's was kind amazing. of cool to be given that award. And it was with, you know, our advanced delivery technology, some of the nanotech and liposomal products that I've been working on. Um, Awesome. So that was kind of a highlight to be considered uh, an influencer in the industry. So, yeah, I'd say so. That's pretty huge. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about that. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. So, awesome. Yeah. so, okay. So let's get into it. So I, you know, my backstory a little bit, people mm -hmm. that are listening or tuning in right now might not know it, but I was officially diagnosed at age two with eczema, atopic dermatitis. I'm pretty sure that I was born with it, but you know, you find out and then you go and officially get the diagnosis and immediately started 
non-steroidal yeah. and steroidal corticosteroids I for on and off for I'm 35. So it's from two Ooh. to 35 on and off oral topical, all of it. And, um, you know, I just, there's so little information about the long-term extended use of steroids. And now, unfortunately I am suffering so badly because of all those consequences, but having your dad, you just brought up your beautiful little five-year-old mm-hmm. when you're a parent, you just want to do everything in your power to take away the pain or the suffering from your child. Knowing what you know about nutrition, supplementation, just being healthy. If you, if one of your children, or if, if you were to give advice to a parent that has a child on how to keep their child safe or healthy from the inside out, as opposed Mm -hmm. to, again, we're always putting creams, lotions, and potions on, Mm -hmm. which is not really fixing the core issues inside that are going on. What would you say, or what would you suggest for a parent that's having a child go through something like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, first and foremost, you have to look at what medicine, and when I say medicine, I mean our traditional Western medicine, like our our AMA doctors, right? They their specialty is for treating acute problems. Acute meaning active, pain, injuries, uh, bleeding, trauma events, <clears throat> and they are miracle workers at that. If you are in a car crash and you're bleeding out, you bet, get the ambulance, rush to the hospital. If you're shot, you can even get like shot in the heart nowadays. And if you're close enough to a hospital, you're going to live. It's crazy what these doctors can do. So kudos to them. But unfortunately, so many of our conditions are not acute. They're degenerative. And And the problem is doctors use acute treatments for degenerative conditions you getting steroids. Steroids is an acute treatment. It's reduce that inflammation, get the body back into balance ASAP because there's a problem going on. For example, like if you're stung by a bee or something and you need to get that swelling down, uh, especially if it's like in the throat or on the tongue or something, and you're going to choke to death uh, from the swelling, then yes, use a steroidal treatment. But to do that long term is actually very detrimental. And so my advice would be first, match the treatment with the condition. If it's an acute condition, go to your doctor. If it's a degenerative or long term, long lasting condition, I hate saying this because there's no such thing as a certified herbalist and there's no real training in herbalism. But unfortunately, like herbologists and witch doctors are going to do better at treating you than a medical doctor will because of the long-term history of use. And even though there's no clinical studies, I mean, pretty much everybody that's out there in the herbal industry knows that if you have a fever, use elderberry. Can they explain scientifically why? No, but they've been doing it for 2000 years or more and it works. Even though nobody's funded a multi-million dollar clinical study, it's just kind of common saying, kind of like chicken soup. If you have a cold, take chicken soup. The cool thing is there have been some studies on chicken soup now and and the herbal industry is catching up with more and more clinical studies. I always tell people like literally science is finally catching up with herbal medicine now because we're now doing more and more studies on herbs and finding out that, hey, these things do work. And we're understanding why now instead of just saying, hey, take this, it works. But yeah, yeah. when it comes to degenerative conditions look at natural medicines, they do work better. That would be my first set of advice. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, <clears throat> I don't know if you agree, but I mean, I, as when you're a parent, <clears throat> you're just looking for something really quick because you're desperate. The thought yep. of having to do your own research and, and go and scour the internet and look all over the web and ask people, it, it sometimes feels like a daunting task and you want something yep. really quickly, but yeah. Then you're then you're risking, right? Like your your child having long-term effects down the road from something. And like that's with anything. That's with Tylenol, that's with any over-the-counter kind of medicine. You just you really do need to take matters in your own hands. And what this taught me yeah. is like nobody is going to care more about my health and well-being more than me. So yeah. I'm just a number to a doctor, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's their job. I don't expect them to like care, <clears throat> you know, me being number one in their life. But so that's why I think. Um, when parents can kind of just do a little bit more research and see what else is out there, as opposed to just getting your first opinion and just going with it. Um, so I totally agree with that. And, um, 
It's <clears> interesting. <throat> so uh, I love, I love elderberry. I love it. I love, you know, and people, I have friends of mine that actually make it. So I'm glad that you brought that up. What do you feel? This is totally a little bit separate, but bone broth. What is your take on bone broth? Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Yeah. So bone broth, again, if you look at joint care, uh, flexibility, things like that. I mean, bone broth has these ingredients in it that you will recognize when I say, because they're sold in your major big box stores in capsule form and whatnot, but glucosamine and chondroitin, those are found in bone broth soup. So even though you're not hearing these technical words like glucosamine, kind of a word that everybody I think knows, I mean, it's, it's a big selling product in your big box stores for joint health and joint care there are ways to get these nutrients without having to go buy a supplement. Um, You know, and and oxtail soup is another one of those, but my grandma used to take the knees of cows and you just plop them in the pot and you're simmering them for like 12 hours. And yeah, she'd add carrots and celery and some salt and things to make it a soup. But just the fact that you were soaking that entire huge cow joint, uh, (laughs) you're extracting those uh, active ingredients, the glucosamine, the chondroitin, the collagen that's found in the joints, all of that's beneficial for joint health. So uh, doing that excessively when you have a painful joint condition is beneficial, but even doing that once a week is a maintenance thing. You know, hey, I'm going to have bone broth soup today or something once a week can help somebody in their thirties and forties avoid having joint problems in their fifties and sixties. That's a really good point. Um, Mm -hmm. what do you, okay. So somebody, I understand you're not a dermatologist, but you obviously know a thing or two about nutrition and health and wellness Mm -hmm. in general, somebody that has, and from our text messages, when I was desperate being like, can I try this? Can I do this for my eczema, for my TSW? And you've just been like, so helpful with that. What you know about eczema as a skin condition, Mm -hmm. What, um, what would you, from a supplementation or even a food, uh, nutrition standpoint, what are some things that you would say to somebody to absolutely avoid, and then also absolutely include in their diet and their routine? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I always start with the educational aspect. So they know what I'm talking about. Your skin is your largest elimination organ you have in your body, an elimination system, and that system works together. That elimination system includes your skin, lungs, liver, colon, and kidneys. And so it's super important to know what's going inside your body, what could be causing. Now, yours is a very different case than most other eczemas because yours is related to your long-term use of steroids, which again has overtaxed your elimination system and that manifests itself in, in your skin. But it's a good indicator that your other elimination organs are overstressed and not functioning properly too. Um, but from a non-steroidal withdrawal type, uh, uh, application or, or why eczema occurs is typically we see that in people who have taken too many nitrates, uh, nitrates are preservatives used in our pork products. So if you're a bologna eater, hot dog eater, bacon eater, almost any commercial, all the good stuff, (laughs) yeah, all the good stuff, all the yummy (laughs) types of you know, sausages and things like that. Those contain potassium nitrate. And that particular uh, uh, mineral, which is used as a preservative, is expelled through your sweat, through your skin. And so when you eat a lot of those products, your skin gets overtaxed and you get little patches of eczema all over your body. So the first thing I tell people is you've got to get off of store-bought and pork products. I mean, if you can buy your own pig or get some bacon from the local farmer that isn't, you know, already full of preservatives, then you can still enjoy those uh, products. But if not, just avoid pork products and any type of um, nitrate. If it says nitrate at the end of it, whether it's sodium nitrate or potassium nitrate, avoid that. That's step number one. Then step number two is again, herbs that will uh, help cleanse your elimination organs. Your liver and kidneys in particular, because they assist your skin. Uh, So I would look at kelp capsules. I would look at burdock root. Uh, I would look at milk thistle. Uh, These are all capsules that you can buy. And you can just simply on the internet type in uh, liver supporting herbs or liver cleansing herbs or skin cleansing herbs. 
garlic is probably one of my number one skin cleansing herbs. Wow. But you will stink for a few days if you eat a lot of fresh raw garlic. You'll smell like garlic for three days. But you know what? Smelling like garlic for three days is better than having a super dry, itchy rash on your skin. That Absolutely. <laughs> get wet or get out in the sun flares up, you know? So yeah, very true. That would be it. Get rid of nitrates and then start taking a whole bunch. Of, and you can incorporate these herbs into your food or you can take them in capsule form as long as they're manufactured well. Like they have a GMP seal on the bottle, good manufacturing practice seal, or it contains a standardized amount of active ingredients. So look for standardized herbs if you're buying it in capsule form. So Very, really good. What, um, what environmental factors? So, so, you know, going through this journey, feel like we see every possible doctor under the sun when you're trying to figure out like what is causing, what are my triggers? What is causing this inflammation? Why, why am I, you know, why do some people, uh, you know, if they eat a lot of nitrates, if they eat a lot of pork, why do some people not develop eczema and some people do, why do some people have TSW and others have long-term use of steroids and they don't, I don't know if we're ever going to really know all those answers, but one of the things that all the doctors, you know, when you're, when you're going through this process, you're going to want to look at everything. So I back in, um, I guess it was back in September of 2021. Mm -hmm. My one doctor was like, maybe you should get allergy tested again. You know, maybe this is a histamine caused reaction. Like, so you go down the rabbit hole, you do all the different tests and all the different things, but there's in my own research and in talking to the community and the people that are suffering with what I'm suffering with, there's all these environmental factors that people are saying to look into things like avoiding other synthetic kind of fabrics and sticking with cotton or looking at your laundry detergent, you know, making sure that that's all, all natural and stuff. What, um, to your knowledge or what would you suggest if anything are the environmental factors to kind of look out for? Mm -hmm. Well, in starting even before the environmental factors, you have to look at epigenetic factors. Uh, some people are, born with not very healthy livers, kidneys, or skin, uh, part of their elimination system, right? And those people combined with those environmental factors, because other people might have the same environmental factors you have, right? They're buying polyethylene clothing, they're using the same detergents, and they may have the exact same been on steroids forever, but you, somebody like you might develop <clears throat> this eczema problem while others may not. And it, it stems right back to I'm not going to say genetics because genetics is the wrong word. It's epigenetics. It's what your ancestors passed on to you that caused these genetic weaknesses that, by the way, you during your lifetime can fix. And it's by fixing epigenetics is mostly environment, right? So the things that you already mentioned, yes, look at linen, look at cotton, look at hemp-based clothing to allow your skin to be able to breathe. Avoid overexposure to the sun. Uh, you've probably experienced this already, but if you go lay out in the sun for too long <laughs> and you're doing the wrong other things, you're going to have an outbreak yeah. uh, and this makes it worse. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say don't get out often because you do, but overexposure is a bad thing. And definitely look at the things that you are doing on a daily basis, especially your water. Are you drinking clean, pure water? Are you breathing clean, pure air? Are you using toothpaste and deodorants and skincare and hair care products that contain sulfates like sodium laurosulfate, uh, your uh, sodium fluoro monophosphate, what we call fluoride in toothpaste? It's not really fluoride. It's a chemical. Read your toothpaste label. Nowhere on that label is it going to say fluoride. It hmm. says sodium monofluoral phosphate, which is a derivative. It's a chemical derivative. So avoiding chemicals in our foods like preservatives, avoiding uh, petroleum-based clothing, avoiding chemicals in our food, because you have a genetically prone, weaker, not just immune system, but elimination system than another person means you have to be extra careful about what you're putting on your body and what you're putting in your body. That makes so much sense. I So the toothpaste and the, the shampoos and things, that makes a lot of sense for somebody like me. I'm just curious, is that something that you, even though you don't have the same issue, you don't have eczema, is that something that you also still live by or do you not worry about that really necessarily? No, I, I live by that. And it is, it's a step-by-step -step process. For example, I stopped using 
uh, aluminum based deodorants and, and polyethylene glycol based deodorants back in my late 20s. Mm -hmm. I completely switched toothpaste about a year and a half later. So by 30, uh, I finally, uh, as I got more financially secure, invested in an in home water purification system. So the water that I drink on a daily basis is clean now. Uh, it was only about five years ago that we bought this great HEPA filtration system for our home. So again, good health is what you do most of the time, not some of the time, right? Right. right. Uh, so I look at where I'm at most of the time. Most of the time, if you look at your life in total, 24 hours, I spend most of the time at home. doesn't mean I'm a homebody. It means that I'm sleeping in my home for eight hours, eight of those 24 hours. And I get home from work at about 5 p.m. or so. So there's another eight hours that I'm home. And then I wake up in my home in the morning and spend about an hour at my home before I leave for work. So I'm only of those 24 hours, eight hours outside of the home, most likely. So I invested in a home air purification system so that I'm breathing clean air while I'm at home, uh, cl drinking clean water while I'm at home. And when I'm out, I buy uh, a pure bottled water, um, that you know like a fiji water i don't mean to name any brands or anything but something that that is yeah. you know from volcanic whatever it's pure it's clean it doesn't have any additives because a lot of like your even your dasani it yeah. says a right label that they add back things to it for flavor i'm like okay well water is not supposed to taste like anything so <laughs> obviously water right. sucks to begin with if you have to add something to you know like calcium and sodium and things like that if you're adding that back so yeah. That's what I tell people is look at what they do most of the time and then make those changes. Obviously, we wear clothing 24-7 pretty much, uh, except when you're sleeping sometimes. But either way, so look at your clothing. Start with that. Uh, you wear deodorant most of the time. So look at that. You're brushing your teeth three times a day or so. So look at that. You know, what do you do daily? If I want to eat a dessert once a week, I don't think anything of that. I'll, you, you probably see me. I'll shove a cheesecake into my, <laughs> you know, but I only do that once a week. Maybe it's not a daily thing. So, yeah. yeah so it's just like creating those healthy habits and <laughs> paying more attention to the things that you would otherwise overlook. So yeah. I, think that, I think that's awesome. Awesome advice. What, um, you know, I know it's like not a nutritionist conversation really, but what, if, what do you feel the skin? There's so much talk about avoiding dairy, avoiding gluten. Um, you know, there's so many different things that people have these, all these elimination diets and all these crazy things. Mm -hmm. I personally, it's so <clears throat> overwhelming to me and it causes so much stress. And when I get stressed, my flares get crazy. <laughs> so, We're you know, there's, and there's so many people I've had on the show. I've had nutritional therapists. I've had so many people give their opinion. It's interesting because so many people, like there's no one size fits all. There's somebody, there's can be 10 of us that are the same exact symptoms going through the same thing at the same time. And this one cuts dairy and they see tremendous results. This one does, and they don't see any change. So yeah. what would you say to that? Like to those kind of not fad diets, but those, you know, elimination diets, things that are suggested for skin. Yeah. First and foremost, I never do extremes uh, because actually diets should be an expansionist type diet, not a limitation type diet. We are, after all, again, get right to the basics. What are humans? Are we carnivores? Are we herbivores? No, we're omnivores, which means we should be eating a wide variety of things. And if you want to look at like paleo diets, they're so because people think of paleo as like eating a bunch of meat. And I'm sorry, but I've been one of those guys where I'm just dropped off in the woods and have nothing except, you know, a stick and a pocket knife to go live the paleo lifestyle. And the last thing you can catch is like meat. Like, have you ever tried catching a squirrel? It's freaking hard <laughs> catching a fish or something without a fishing pole. We're hunter gatherers. We're mostly gatherers with hunting being the hard part, unless you have a group, right? Mm -hmm. So a paleo diet, a true paleo diet is like we were gathering roots and nuts and leaves and stems and weary and all that stuff, anything that we could get our fingers on. And then occasionally, if we got freaking lucky, we caught a fish or something, right? Yeah. That's a true, if you want to go back to the paleolithic period and see how humans lived, that's how they lived. They were gatherers primarily with hunting being a group event and an occasional event as, as migration happened and whatnot. Anyway, that that's getting way off course. But what I'm trying to say is first look at the genetic factors. And then I also look at what 
are we as human beings? We're the only mammal on this planet that drinks the lactation byproduct of another mammal <laughs> into adulthood. That's super weird for me <laughs> from a scientific standpoint. You don't see gorillas sucking on elephants' teeth. It's true. You know, or whatever. You know, it just doesn't happen. So I think milk and dairy is great for infants and two-year-olds when they're producing a lot of these uh, lactose digestive enzymes, what's called lactase, uh, to break those down. But after you have weaned yourself, can you still hear me? I can hear you. I just can't. I okay. lost the video, but that's okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. I thought I had my phone on do not disturb and somebody called and it totally dropped the zoom and went totally off. fine. Um, okay. Anyway, so yeah, I, I look, I don't want to be an extremist by any means, but I also want to look at what's healthy for our bodies and what's not. And we all know that eating too many potato chips and stuff is not natural. Humans have only been doing that for the last 40 or 50 years. It's not in our genetic makeup. Eating a ton of dairy products that don't that have been processed. So our laws have been established to where we have to pasteurize dairy. If we didn't have to pasteurize it and the dairy had those live enzymes in it and probiotics that it were supposed to have, it'd be fine. And it has been traditionally fine for a couple thousand years since we've domesticated cattle. But nowadays you have to pasteurize everything. And by pasteurizing it, you kill all the enzymes. So it's no longer a live edible food for humans. It's very taxing on our digestive systems. Gluten is very taxing on our digestive systems. They've done testing on, for example, they found that grain in Egypt, right? That was like 2000 years old. I think it was called spelt or something like that. It's like wheat from 2000 years ago. And the gluten content was like less than 5% versus wheat nowadays where the gluten content is over 30%. And we're not made to eat that kind of stuff. Uh, genetically, our bodies aren't adapting fast enough. I think they eventually will. I think a thousand years from now, everybody's going to be able to handle gluten. But the problem is genetically modifying food is happening at a faster rate than our genetics can keep up with that. So it's not good for us anymore. So I don't mean to be an extremist, but look, start with the basics, start with what you do every day, and then incorporate other things. For example, I don't do dairy unless it's live like it's got enzymes and probiotics like i really love those real fermented cheeses and yeah they're like 12 bucks for a few slices they're so good that, <laughs> yeah that's when i do dairy i don't do milk ever it's just gross i don't even cook with it i do milk substitutes you know <laughs> oat milk almond milk things like that so yeah you just have to look at what is true nutrition it's not food in a package it's not food that's been cooked to death you know, I've shopped mostly in the produce section, in the deli section, things like that, where the foods are fresher and whatnot. So I think that is a very good advice. So you mentioned in the very beginning that you have worked for, you've done so much, and now you are really excited and been focusing on the supplementation and the science and what's been created. Would you, so if you were to say, I don't want to make you pick like a certain number, but if you, if you're on a budget or if you are a parent or you're the person that has eczema or TSW, what would be your top like five or six, or what would be your top suggestions for supplementing or supplementation? And then why would you recommend the ones specifically that you do? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I, you would for quality supplements. Okay. I'm not talking what you go buy in your big box store 
single isolates. That's another thing you should look at, by the way. If your dietary supplement is chemically based, like pharmaceutical drugs are, avoid that. If it's formulated by a doctor, avoid that. Doctors don't know anything about dietary supplements. They take zero classes in nutrition. So why would you buy something that was doctor recommended or formulated by a doctor? Or something I hope like everybody pauses this and just like <laughs> what you just said, because so many times I'm having conversation, not to interrupt you. I'm having so many conversations with good friends of mine, parents, and it's like, whatever their doctor says, it's just like, and there's nothing, I'm not saying not to trust them, but you have to know what you just said. Like, they yeah. go to school to learn X, Y, Z, not to learn this. So yeah, trust, trust your doctor. If you broke your arm or broke right. your leg, or if you've got to go get stitches or something, but don't right. trust your doctor with nutrition. That's just nuts. It's like asking your, the farmer next door, what the best stock pick of the day is. If you're, you know, or asking your farmer, which Bitcoin is going to take off or something, or cryptocurrency, <laughs> they don't know. It's so true. They'll just, they'll just say something because they want to act smart. So and, true you know, whatever. They're not your primary caregiver. You are the primary caregiver. They're your acute pain. And, you know, they're, they're the person you go see in an emergency. Your doctor is. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so supplement wise, uh, I've put together supplements that work on all five of your elimination organs. Uh, one of those is called Vtox. V-T-O-X. Uh, Vitox has nutrients in it that focus on the skin, lungs, liver, kidneys, and colon. Most detox programs out there are going to focus on your colon. Everybody wants to have that like colon flush or colon purge. And, you know, a clean colon is beneficial for you, but it's only one of your five elimination organs. And it's not even the most important. I mean, people have their colons removed all the time if you have colon cancer and you can still live. Try removing your skin, you'll die in like three days. Try removing your lungs, you'll die in a few minutes, right? You, you know, you need like your skin and your lungs and your kidneys and things. So uh, Vtox focuses on all five elimination organs. I also would look at just basic nutrition. Uh, I have a product called Core Complete uh, that's out there right now. Um, it's a whole food not a synthetic isolate of vitamins. It's a food-based vitamin that also contains over 72 trace minerals. It has superfoods like chlorella, spirulina, uh, alfalfa, things that feed your immune system. It has a wild-caught cold-pressed salmon oil in it. So it also contains omega-3, omega-6, omega-7, 9, uh, omega-13, all the omegas in them. Uh, it also has enzymes for digestion and probiotics as well. It's kind of an all-in-one type supplement. And it's, guys, it's so cheap. It's 65 bucks. What, what's the difference if somebody was to ask, okay, it sounds like a great multivitamin. What mm -hmm. if, what's the difference between that and like a $20 bottle of women's one a day or something, for example, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. Something, something like that. Yeah. Well, the delivery tech, I, I, well, I'll start with the ingredients in and of itself. Like a one a day is synthetic. It's impossible to fit all these food nutrients into a one tiny capsule that you take once a day. Core Complete is five capsules. And they're not super small, but they're not super large either. But it's a fermentation process. We concentrate the nutrients using the probiotics and ferment them down to concentrate them instead of drawing out synthetic isolates. So for example... Our vitamin B1 comes from nutritional yeast and it says nutritional yeast right on the label. It doesn't say thiamine monohydrate, which <laughs> is like a chem lab project or right. vitamin B2 would read like riboflavin-5 phosphate in a one a day where ours also comes from a nutritional yeast and our B12 comes from chlorella and spirulina. Again, these are food ingredients that you can actually read instead of B12 from cyanocobalamin, you know, which is what a synthetic isolate would be. So um, that's the major difference. And because they're whole food, they also contain the enzymes and probiotics and all the phytonutrients that your body needs. It's, it's food, basically. It's nutrition versus chemicals. And, and you can know this, like when you take a multivitamin, uh, and I don't know if girls notice as much as guys do, but you like pee neon colors. Yes. Yeah. It's like fluorescent. <laughs> yep. that, that's your kidneys saying, Hey, there's chemicals in my body. I want to get rid of them. So you pee out these chemicals. Your body doesn't assimilate a synthetic vitamin. 
it That's just, so funny you say that because I just had a conversation recently with someone and they thought because their pee is neon yellow, that means that they're super healthy. And that means that all their vitamins, <laughs> it's just so funny because people, you don't know what you don't know. Like that's not yeah, because humans normally pee neon colors, right? That's just normal for us. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, so no, it, it means that your, your elimination organs, your kidneys recognize something is not needing to be in your body and it's spewed it out of your body. That's what they're made to do. Um, anyway, it, yeah, it's funny. Well, let me ask you a question too, because I, I got, so VTOX makes sense for the detoxing and it's like a gentle detox. And then the core makes sense for just all the overall nutrition filling in all the gaps for yeah. somebody, you know, um, I have an uncle who has like a 300 or acre organic farm in New Jersey and, um, you know, cows, chickens, all the produce, everything. It's a beautiful farm. Somebody mm -hmm. like that might be listening to this episode and going, well, you know, supplementation can add up and it's super expensive and organic eating organic is also can be expensive. I mean, especially in the day and time we're in today where groceries are very expensive, but would somebody, what would you say to someone's argument that they were like, well, I only, I don't believe in supplementation. I believe in eating whole food, actual foods, organic foods. And I don't, if I do that well enough, I shouldn't need to supplement. Yeah, you know, I thought the same thing uh, in my late 20s. Uh, and again, once I started my own research and development company, I had my own laboratory and I did spend $26,000, by the way, on testing food from this was a chain called Frontiers, which was purchased, by the way, from Whole Food uh, by Whole Foods. So it's basically your produce that's found in Whole Foods nowadays. I went and I grabbed like 20 different varieties, including broccoli, alfalfa, uh, beet greens, collard greens. I had all this stuff, right? Chopped them all up, stuck them in a blender and then ran them through an analysis and was appalled at the nutritional content. No, not appalled. I was surprised. I would have to eat. And, and when I did the math and added it up, I would have to eat almost three kilos. It was like 2.8 kilograms of that variety of foods every single day. Now, if you don't know what a kilogram is, it's 2.2 pounds. So think of almost six pounds of dark green leafies and all the colors of produce and everything every single day, which if you could do that, I'd say, yeah, that's great. And, and that was, by the way, just for the minimal 100% of the daily allowance. And we know that the 100% daily allowance are super low. Like that means 400 IUs of vitamin D. Doctors not that they know anything, but most people are telling you to take 2000 IUs of vitamin D or 10,000 IUs of vitamin D, like eight times the, what the FDA has told us is the minimum daily requirement, right? And B1 at one milligram, we should be taking four or five milligrams of that every day. So in other words, to be healthy, you'd probably have to consume 12 pounds of those dark green leaves. And by the way, a dark green leafy doesn't weigh very much, right? It could be this much and only weigh a quarter of a pound. So 12, you're talking like a wheelbarrow full <laughs> of vegetables every day to get all your vitamins. And that's if, for example, your, what did you say? It was your uncle who owns a farm? Yeah. Yeah. yeah if your uncle was putting all the trace elements back in his soil and, and growing the vegetables the way they should be grown and rotating and, you know, doing all that stuff necessary but it doesn't happen even on organic farms. So that's my first point is you'd have to eat a crap load. The second is going back to that paleolithic era that our DNA is made up of, and that's variety. You know, you'd, be, you'd have to be eating 20 or 30 different varieties of things every day, including beans, legumes, uh, nuts, seeds, and the dark green leafies, not just green, but reds and yellows and purples and blues and oranges and all the variety of colors uh, to do that. And, and again, my goal is to be able to do, I would love nothing more to do that, but through my own spending in my own laboratory, I found out that the way things are grown today, it's really kind of impossible to do. Our stress levels are higher. Our environment is more polluted than it's ever been. And our body needs more nutrients than humans have ever needed before, which is why I believe in supplementation now. And I do take supplements every day as well as trying to eat as healthy as possible. That's really, really good advice. I mean, I think, um, and even, you know, my uncle, even in conversation with him, he was the one that said to me, uh, you know, the soil, is just not what it once was. So like I, we farm ethically, we have like the highest quality ingredients. We, we do everything the right way. And that's the way we eat and we choose to live our life. But even he was, you know, 
taking vitamin supplements, supplement, supplementing what we're not able to get. It's, it is crucial. So I was yeah. glad to hear, you know, but it can be costly. So to somebody, you know, I think there's look, everyone goes to Amazon. There's, there's mm-hmm. always things you can find at your local grocery store over the counter items, mm-hmm. you know, so you named now the detox product, the core complete. I know you have a couple others. I'm sure that you also recommend before you get to that. What would you say? I, I'm a big believer. Like as you get older, like the budget for like the fun things, the things, the materialistic things, it is way, way less than the, than the health and wellness budget because pay for your health now or your sickness later kind of thing. And I'm, you know, yeah, let, me, let me give you an example of that. You know, my dad had tucked away a pretty good savings amount for retirement, uh, over half a million dollars, uh, which, you know, from him being a working class guy, was a lot of money. He'd worked for most of his life to accumulate that. Uh, and I can't remember exactly what age he was. I think he was 72 or something. He had a massive heart attack, had to have a quadruple bypass. And he had one of those typical 80-20 plans, right? Well, his first set of stents failed. And you don't get a refund on that. It was like his out-of-pocket on that first set of stents was like $40,000. The actual bill was like four hundred or something thousand dollars sure. for the heart attack and the surgery and the stents and all this other stuff that happened. So that was 40 grand, but then all those stents failed. And several days later, he had to go back, have more stents in those failed. Finally, they just decided to do the quadruple bypass on him. His out of pocket was $380,000 for his procedures. Okay. One event, one event savings gone. Now I'm not saying or suggesting that, oh yeah, he totally could have prevented that. But look, heart disease is pretty much preventable. We know it's our diets and our lifestyles. And my dad was a meat and potatoes kind of cowboy that ate that way. Uh, you know, bacon grease and greasy steaks every day and potatoes with butter lathered all. I mean, that was my dad's diet. And he loved that. And I'm going to say that he needed to change. He's one of those old school type of people. We're not, we're a different generation. We know what's healthy for us. We know what we should be doing. And I would say, look, if you even put a month into healthy dietary supplements and uh, maybe shopping organic above and beyond what your your normal grocery bill is, right? And to make it easy, maybe even say $300 a month. So you're at $3,600 a year and you do that for 10 years. Oh my gosh, I'm at, you know, $36,000 now over 10 years. If that could prevent one event, uh, Jennifer, you've been through it. You know what the medical bills are. They're th- visiting a doctor now is going to cost you a thousand bucks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just going there for the visit. I mean, you, if you've got a copay, okay, maybe it's 120 or something. Yeah, but it's but, not cheap. And and then what we said yeah. before too, you you usually don't rely on just that one opinion. You want to see a bunch of different to get yeah. on that answer. It's crazy expensive. Yeah, and if you add your co-pays for your prescriptions and if you're t- and if a procedure has to happen like if you have cancer, that's it, you're bankrupt. If you have heart disease, you're bankrupt. And by the way, the stats on cancer, one in 3 now over age 55 for women are breast cancer. One in 2 over age 65 for men are prostate cancer. Heart disease, over 1 million people every year die from heart disease. It's 980,000, so it's not quite a million, but you know, if we're going to get our stats accurately here. So statistically, you are going to die from a degenerative disease in this country. And those degenerative diseases are taxing our healthcare system, which is why free healthcare is a freaking joke. There's no way we're going to have enough money to pay for all that. Uh, And it will bankrupt you as an individual. So investing a little bit every month into that, for $300 a month, you could have a great supplement regime, like Core Complete $64, $65. Vtox is like, 48 bucks or something. There's a hundred bucks. Add one or two more great supplements in there, like a good anti-aging or antioxidant. And then for you, particularly Jennifer, an immune eczema is an immune reaction. It's a hyperactive immune system that your body's reacting to something that shouldn't be in your body in the first place. And it creates this autoimmune disorder. So nourishing your thymus and feeding your lymph nodes, your lymphatic system and your white blood cells, all part of your immune system is crucial. I think for anybody, we're all scared of all these super viruses and super bugs going around and everything. Uh, Investing another 40 or $50 into a good immune based product. Yeah. That was was the one 
I was going to see if you were going to bring that one up because that's, I think you're referring to the one you've created called Vmune. And I, I swear by that. Cause you mentioned earlier about elderberry, which is in, I remember looking the first time at all the ingredients in that immune product that you've made that I take. And I was like, this is everything that I, if I were to buy these all separately, this would be way more than just buying a bottle. Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love Vmune. I think an immune support, I mean, I mean, especially like you said, with all the viruses, bugs, all this stuff, sicknesses happening anyway, um, what would be, okay. So you said detox, you said core, we just mentioned the immune support for somebody that has eczema, what are like one or two other ones that you could throw in that you think would be really helpful for someone? Well, the VTOX and VMUN are going to be your, your key. That's really what's going to help reduce the inflammation, reduce the events, help purify the, uh, your elimination organs. So they're not reacting to everything that goes on. Core complete is going to be your basic nutrition. I would look at something like our collagen or the eternal. We have a product called collagen, or we've got one called eternal, which will help heal the skin. Once you've had those major itchy outbreaks and, and everything, um, your body especially is depleting collagen faster than others because of the regeneration that your skin's having to go through. You're probably doing the dry exfoliation and things like that too, to, to help restore skin cell health. So you need that extra dose of collagen yeah, or a good antioxidant like our eternal, which has a little bit of collagen in it, but it mostly has antioxidants to help restore, um, microcapillary, uh, circulation to your skin cells. Uh, it softens up those capillaries and improves blood flow and things like that. So I also yeah. love the way that tastes, which is shocking. Sometimes <laughs> when you get a supplement, you're like, oh, this is, you know, it's good for me, but it tastes like garbage, <laughs> but this, that tastes so good. And probably because the yeah. berries and, and all that good stuff in it. Um, yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense <laughs> to, to end it, to respect your time. I remember exactly where I was. I was in a CVS in Ocean City, New Jersey. I was walking around and I, and I asked you about like lidocaine, a numbing. Cause I might, I think the itching was just so overwhelming. And I, I said, can I do that? And thank God I asked you first. Cause you're like, if it's a really pure lidocaine, but anything over the counter might have a steroid. And sure enough, I check and the mm -hmm. pharmacist didn't really know. And so I'm like, I'm Googling it and I'm searching for it and it wasn't okay for me to take but you gave me a lot of other great suggestions and some of them that I swear by, and I have been recommending them to anyone who's coming to me to ask for advice, the dry brush or the loofah, the exfoliating. I not only for just the lymphatic system and just doing all the benefits, but for scratching, I can yeah. go to town on that thing and it's not going to like rip my skin. And it is right. such a fulfilling when you have that bone deep itch that right. we all have that are going through this. It's like, unless you put on fake acrylic nails, you are going to rip open your skin by clawing yourself. So right. a dry brush, um, you, you named like a couple really great in my one text exchange with you. Like that was one of them. Do you remember any of the other ones? I think there was like a couple other um, suggestions that you had and now I can't remember them, but the dry brush, I swear, swear by. Yeah. Dry brushing, or even if you're doing it while you're in the shower, I yeah. like dry brushing because you can physically see sometimes your skin cells floating off and those floating off cells are dead cells. They're, they're dry. They're done. You don't need them anymore. And why that's so important is it actually boosts your metabolism because it encourages new skin cell growth. Uh, dry brushing, whether you have eczema or not, keeps your skin looking young and healthy. Uh, just from a, a factual standpoint, and if you're like a, 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 a what are they, a dermatologist or something, you know this, but young people like in their teens up to about age 27, they produce a new layer of skin about every four weeks. Once you hit your thirties, it's about every six weeks. By the time you're in your forties, it's about every eight weeks. And so your skin metabolism slows down as you age, which the older your skin gets, the more wrinkles and everything you get. So doing that dry esfoliation keeps your metabolism young and healthy. As that far is so as interesting because my grandmother, who's almost a hundred years old, she always used to tell me never do anything too rough on your skin. Take yeah. care, right? Like don't exfoliate. Cause that's like so harsh and you know, it's going to thin your skin and it's the exact opposite of what you're saying. And what now I know yeah. to be true. So yeah. uh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so other suggestions, uh, kelp based capsules. So you can use like kelp uh, capsules, the iodine in there, super beneficial for your skin and your thyroid. So any type of thyroid care is going to be beneficial for that. It's directly 
correlated and connected with your skin health. Uh, the worse your skin is, the lower thyroid function you're going to have, so the lower your energy levels and things like that. So getting uh, lots of kelp, lots of seaweed, lots of sea greens, uh, that's going to help with iodine. Um, boy, I'm trying to remember what else. I remember. I remember a couple. You said plantain <laughs> and comfrey leaves. Yes, for the itching, you're right. Comfrey. In fact, I just planted comfrey in a section of my garden the other day. I love it. It's great for bone breaks, for bruises, for injuries. You make a poultice out of that, or you can turn it. Use MCT, you know, or a coconut oil, and and grind up the comfrey and mix it with the coconut um, coconut oil and rub it over your skin. And lavender. So comfrey, lavender, and plantain are great for itching. So for, for those, cause I remember you said that. And so I went to Whole foods or I bought it on Amazon actually, I think. Um, and it came in the bag and they were just like loose, like leaves. Right. So, um, I remember trying to like put the, a couple of the lavender leaves in a bathtub when I was able to like tolerate water before it got like too bad. So for someone, let's just say right now, my arms, my forearms are driving me crazy. My wrists are so itchy. So with those three ingredients, what would you suggest that somebody do with them? How do you, well, how do the you best, the best thing to do would be to stick them in a jar of olive oil for like three weeks. So pre-prepare this. Okay. okay. Uh, or make a salve. And I have a book called My Home Pharmacy. If you can find that book, there's actual steps on how to make a tincture, how to make a salve, how to make a poultice in there. Well, that's so great. Because, I'm definitely going to link that for people. Yeah, all these that. herbal books say, oh, make a tincture of this and do that. And they don't tell you how to make that, you know, uh, or they say use comfrey for itchiness. Well, how do I use it? Do I just That's what I'm saying. Right. On my, yeah. So no, pre, um, the best way to draw out the properties is either olive oil or an MCT oil that won't harden. But yeah, you grind up the leaves, stick them in this glass jar, fill it full of olive oil, sit it in the sun in your windowsill for like three weeks. Okay. Then you end the, the olive oil will actually draw out all those properties. The color of it will change. The fragrance of it will change. So maybe do a combination of like lavender, plantain, and comfrey in the same jar. So you've got this olive oil balm that you can now use on your skin and the itching will go away immediately. If you do that, I know it takes three weeks or so to prepare, but. Is there a start. certain portion of that? Like, you know, in, no, uh, fill the jar, fill the jar with the stuff, pour the olive oil in, let it soak for three weeks. And then you're just using the olive oil. Uh, it's kind of the same way you make vanilla extract, only it's with alcohol. If you've got the pure vanilla beans, you yeah. let it are for, you know, Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm going to do this. I'm so excited. I'm going to report to everybody what, how, after three weeks, that's really cool. I didn't yeah, know. And the longer it sits, the more potent it'll get. So three weeks is where you're going to be a potency, but just leave it in, you know, take it down from your windowsill as you need it, but then stick it back in the windowsill. The longer it sits, the more potent it's going to get. Oh, that is so awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's so, I didn't, I learned something new always with you. Oh, thank you so much. You are such, you've been, oh my gosh, you and your wife have been so incredibly helpful for me going through this nightmare of a situation. So um, I will link in the show notes of this episode, every single thing we discuss so people can get resources and also get, check out your book. If, um, is it on Amazon? Do you know if it's on Amazon? It's, it's on Amazon. Yeah. Okay. I, for some reason I saw somebody selling one for like over a hundred bucks one time. And I'm like, it's nuts. It's, it should be a 15, 10 to $15 book somewhere. <laughs> Okay, perfect. Well, I will find that. And then, um, yeah, thank you. I mean, you're just such a valuable resources resource. And I'm just so glad that I met you and that you can give me this help. And now you can share it with everybody else. So thank you so, so, so much. I you're so perfect. appreciate you. Good luck. Hope thank you. For you. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe and leave feedback. With your help, we can spread awareness together. So please share the show with anyone you know who may be struggling with a medical condition and using steroids to treat it. And be sure to check out the blog for helpful resources to aid you along your TSW journey at tswjourneytohealing.com.